the words of our Lord from the proper last gospel of today go like this. Behold the fowls of the air that they sow not, neither reap nor gather into barns, and your heavenly Father feedeth them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Your Excellency, Reverend Fathers, dear sisters, and dear faithful, this Sunday we truly have a Sunday of vocations. As you can read from the Bishop's note in today's bulletin, we at St. Gertrude's will open a seminary to train true Catholic priests, the starting date being September 26th, the Feast of the North American Martyrs. And especially today, after this High Mass of ours, we have the investiture of our two sisters as novices of the Oblates of the Holy Face. We do this on the solemnity of the Most Holy Name of Mary. Our Lady received her Holy Name from God Himself because she was graced by God to be the mother of His Son. As a mark of their reception in the parish family of ours, our Oblate sisters have also received new names, which Bishop Maguire and I have chosen. So Sister Cecilia will from now on be known as Sister Eulalia of the Holy Child Jesus, Doctor of the Sick, and Sister Grace will be Sister Ulrika of the Our Lady of the Sacred Heart. In today's proper last gospel, when addressing his disciples who were worrying how will they manage to arrange their affairs while being his followers, our Savior drew their attention to a little bird. A bird always sings with cheer, with a heart free from worries and sadness. It doesn't plant or reap or store because it has no worry of tomorrow. And despite this, it is never needy. It starts its day with a song, and with a song it ends it by night. And it sleeps with ease on its branch, with sky as its roof. As soon as God calls, it flies to eat and drink, and its meals are always delicious. Whatever a little bird needs, it is provided plentifully by God. So, of course, God will keep care of the followers of His Son as well. Our Oblate sisters have a twofold apostolate in their vocation. The first one is to serve the priests of the parish and also pray for all priests who need so much help in today's world 
to be faithful in their apostolate of saving souls. Our sisters' work is very similar to that of Saint Vincent de Paul, who in the 1600s France established his Daughters of Charity. In those times, religious instruction was seriously neglected, especially in the remote countryside. That's why St. Vincent used to go regularly to visit country parishes, preach, give sacraments, and teach catechism. As his help, he used groups of laymen called confraternities. And when St. Vincent was one time conducting a mission, he met a shepherd girl named Margaret. She was a member of the local confraternity who wanted to teach poor children to read. Though she was herself very poor, Margaret learned enough to be able to set up a night school and give elementary instruction to the village children. Meanwhile, she saved every coin she could, often going without food in order to support boys who were studying to become priests. In the end, she died after taking care of a plague-stricken child. The life of this heroic girl gave St. Vincent an idea. He decided to train some girls like Margaret who would be willing to act as teachers in the villages and help the country priests in their apostolate. His trusty co-worker, St. Louis de, de Marillac, was every now and then coming across strong country girls who were used of doing rough work and eager to devote themselves to the service of the poor. St. Louise took a small group of these girls in her house to train them. It's kind of a funny to read about the first stages of this new group. Usually when you hear the word nun or sister, you think of a smiling lady with very delicate and distinguished conduct. It was not like that at all with these country girls who came to live with St. Louis. They were used to hang around gossiping and even quarreling. They were also quite ready of ending an angry argument to a fight. And these fights were not mere pushing or slapping. When these girls fought, they fought with their fists. Well-intentioned as they were, they still had to learn how to behave. And above all, they needed direction in their spiritual life. And what St. Vincent always emphasized to his Daughters of Charity was the importance of a vocation in their service of priests. On those days, if a family had a daughter whom they couldn't give to a good marriage, the easiest solution was too often just to put her in a monastery 
whether she wanted that or not. The teaching of St. Vincent de Paul was that in order to do any active work for God's Church, you absolutely need a calling or vocation. But it is everyone's own free choice whether he answers the call or not. Our Oblate sisters are now in their novitiate, which is a test period to find out if they do have a vocation to offer their lives to serve the priests in the parish work. How do you know if you have a vocation? If you are a young person with piety and basic intelligence and health, then there is at least a possibility that God is calling you to his service. And to test the vocation, you go through postulancy and novitiate under the supervision of the superior. In a religious order, the superior is the superior general or mother superior. Our Oblates of the Holy Face is not a religious order, so there is no mother superior in it. Instead, the pastor and the priests are their superiors. Our Oblate sisters also are not religious or nuns because they do not take vows. Instead, they make an act of oblation, promising to serve the parish in whatever way they are needed. And since they don't take vows, this obedience is based solely on charity, not on justice. They receive their assignments from the priests, whom they not only serve, but for whom they also pray. In this way, our oblates resemble very much of the first daughters of charity of St. Vincent de Paul. St. Vincent never considered to found a new religious order. The daughters of charity, in his eyes, were only a lay group that was to act as a help to the confraternities. The dress they wore was not a religious habit, but they retained the simple and modest dress of a peasant girl. He also never allowed either the daughters themselves or the general public to call his girls nuns. He repeatedly told them, your monasteries are the houses of the sick, your chapel is the parish church, your cloister are the streets, your enclosure is obedience, and your veil the holy modesty. To be called to follow our Lord is, of course, one thing, but isn't the idea of abandoning everything, family and career, still taking a chance? Yes, I fully admit it is. But anyone who is called by our Lord is called not only to follow him, but also to love and trust in him. 
the vocation of an oblate sister is like one of those little birds our Lord speaks about today. She starts her day with a prayer of thanksgiving, and even if she lacks the material riches of this world, she never needs to suffer loneliness or sadness. She is better than any bird or flower because she is the bride of Christ. If God provides even for a little bird, most certainly he will provide also for her who has been redeemed by the blood of Christ in baptism. Why would a bride of Christ need to worry about food or roof over her head? Her heavenly Father will always provide for her as much or as little as she needs in every moment of her life. The other form of the apostolate of our oblates is to do acts of reparation. I think that we traditional Catholics are sometimes a little bit too eager to emphasize how sinful and horrible the world is, but often maybe less eager to do something to repair this unfortunate state. In the past 60 years or so, we have diligently and well followed the exhortation of Isaiah's, cry, cease not, as a trumpet exalt thy voice, and tell my people their wicked doings, and the house of Jacob their sins. But besides calling God's justice, we Catholics are also to call down his mercy. And in this, our oblate sisters are called to follow St. Therese of Lisier, who in religion took the name Therese of the Child Jesus and of the Holy Face, namely to do acts of reparation for the conversion of sinners. When St. Therese was about 14, everyone in France talked about one notorious criminal who had been condemned in Paris for murdering three women and a girl. He refused to repent or make confession. Therese was filled with compassion when she heard of him and began to pray hard, offering many self-denials for his conversion. She asked God for some sign that her wish was granted because, as she put it, he is my first sinner. The weeks went by, and every day Therese locked in the newspaper only to read that the condemned man continued unrepentant. But she persevered in her prayers. After two months, the day of execution came. The man was dragged to the guillotine, accompanied by a priest, but still refusing absolutely to make a confession. But then something happened. At the very last moment, just before the deadly blade fell, the man reached for the priest's crucifix and 
kissed it three times. When Therese read this in the newspaper, she was so overcome with joy that she had to run out of the room and thank God with tears of joy for giving the sign that the man had been pardoned and saved his soul. So this is the second calling of our Oblate sisters, to do acts of reparation of the sins of the world and for the conversion of sinners. Acts of devotion are just as important than acts of charity. I also want to mention that today is the anniversary of death of our dear father Cicada, whom we loved so much and whom we still love and miss terribly. The rest of the traditional Catholic world loved and admired him as a great intellectual and great apologetic, which he certainly was. But all of us here at St. Gertrude's and all our faithful at St. Hugh's in Milwaukee, we remember him for his great and sweet heart. He and Bishop Dolan were men of sweetness and of devotion. And hard as it is, without them, we will carry on their work. Our parish is the parish of devotions, especially the devotion to the Sacred Heart and to the Holy Face in reparation for the sins of the world. And we are never afraid or ashamed to tell the people that. After our oblates have received their Holy Face medals, the priest presents them the image of the Holy Face to be kissed. An oblate sister of the Holy Face is meant to be, as St. Therese was, like our Lord's little Veronica, who wants to console him, who is sad because so many of his friends and his creatures have abandoned him. All Catholics are called not out of justice or because they have to, but out of love to do acts of reparation. Our bulletin today gives seven easy acts of reparation you can do to our suffering Savior. Never exclude anyone from his mercy and from his forgiveness. As you heard from St. Therese, it takes one second for a soul to convert to God and one second more to do an act of reparation and the soul is saved. Kiss the son so that he would not be so angry anymore, but would see that there are still souls who love him and are devoted to him. May God bless you and Our Lady keep you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.